Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. This young woman has entered the tent. Almara has referred to her as Aika. Um, and you can see that she shares the face of the Sphinx you saw performing. Uh, but where the Sphinx kind of exuded confidence, this young woman seems kind of shy and quiet. She gives a little bit of a reserved wave to you as Almara introduces her. Uh, I wave back and with my other hand, I am twirling the red ribbon that's still in my hair. Do her eyes look like the lovely Madame Masks? They do. Yep. Do they also look like the eyes of the guy running the hammer thing? <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh She's God. everyone. No, <laughs> no not this. really. <laughs> okay. And uh, Almara turns to Aika and says, um, well, dear, they've sussed it out. Um, and Aika looks a little bit confused for a moment and then like her eyes widen in shock uh, and she says, did I? And Almara says, no, no, I don't think you did anything to give it away. Uh, and she looks at the rest of you and says, they're just an exceedingly perceptive bunch. And she looks back at Aika and says, and it's for that reason that I'm glad they're on our side. Well, this is a hell of a development. It makes a lot more sense why you're adamant that it wasn't your folk that made the attack. She's... She's way too light for those tracks. <laughs> Ika, are you familiar with this area of the world? Have you been here before? She shakes her head. No. <laughs> maybe they just maybe they just fucked up. They think it's real. They think the Sphinx is real, so they're doing all of this to frame something that don't even exist. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to figure out how we can use that, but ain't nothing occurring to me yet. Uh Almara says I hope you can understand why 
I didn't give this information away earlier. It's not that I don't trust you, it's just that, well, if we just bring to them the fact that the Sphinx isn't real, it doesn't prove who did this. It doesn't bring anyone to justice. It does exonerate us, but that's not... Well, that's not enough for me. And I imagine that if word spread, it might kill a good deal of the money being brought in for everyone under your tent. Yes, clearly. I just don't want to be forced to leave town and whoever's done this just gets away with it. It has been brought to my attention that the other location that, at least from the few people we've been able to sample from, that has been robbed uh, of, of minor items, particularly things that look fine or sparkly, was the docks. Uh, he had assumed that it was just perhaps the boats coming in were, were taking a little off the top, but they were all things that, even to the naked eye, you could tell might be worthwhile. The docks might be a good place to look if we're trying to figure out where these other two skulks are. Yes, I also think asking around and seeing if anyone in town knows of a especially skilled alchemist is another good route to go down. And also if anyone sells clown paraphernalia. Ika kind of chuckles in spite of herself. <laughs> I think Quinn's just kind of like, I don't know, he, he's very uncomfortable at the thought of clown paraphernalia. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what else is out there? And we know that these costumes look very similar. Like they're not part of the circuses, but they, they were made to look like it. Correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, so it's like a real fine line. Like this town didn't know the circus was coming, but somebody... If it's not someone within the circus trying to give the circus a bad name, it's got to be someone familiar with the circus to have created costumes that could pass as the circus. That would blend in. Yeah, yeah, it's someone who seriously did their homework in terms of like knowing what the costumes looked like and also knowing that the Sphinx was one of the headliners and stuff like that. Yeah. So we're looking for a Taylor Alchemist soldier spy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sally, if you could talk to your reptilian friend again, I am very curious about those hairs. If perhaps those were the same people that let the baby dragon out of its cage. Yeah, I think he could definitely help us in, at the very least, seeing if he smelled something similar before. See how connected this is, or maybe even possibly track him down. Yeah, I mean, the sense of smell will certainly help, but if you can really talk to this thing, it might be able to just ID somebody by sight. Hell, maybe there's some birds right around here that watch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like we have several very promising leads to go off of. And I'll look at Almara. Rest assured, we won't reveal the secret of the Sphinx unless it is directly necessary in order to clear your names. I might even ask that even if that were the case, you don't spill those particular beans. Hell, I'd almost rather be on the run and with a new dangerous gimmick for the carnival than to have our main attraction go up in smoke across the world. All right, then. So we have a number of different locations to peek into. Does anyone have any preference? Well, I think maybe this is a good place to start with Baby Dragon, especially since if this is where they left, there might be a trail from right here. Almara nods and says, um, if you are going to be borrowing our dear Baby Dragon, may I request that Fardane come along with you? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, not a problem at all. I'll warn you, he's not, not a man of iron will or... Great fortitude, but he does have a special bond with the dragon, so if anything were to go wrong, I would trust Fardane to keep him safe and return him home. Good enough for me. Yeah. Uh, all right. She uh, asks the guard to go fetch Fardane, and she starts to lead you all over towards the monitor lizard's pen. Uh, Ika, it was very nice to properly meet you. The Sphinx is a beautiful piece of magic. She smiles, like a very big, genuine smile. Um, 
And she says, oh, thank you. I've, I've worked very hard on it. Yes, it is quite a piece of skill to be able to create something on that scale with that much precision and intricate detail and to replicate it multiple times a day. It's actually a relatively simple combination of spells. It's just something I've had a lot of time to work on and perfect. She kind of like looks down and toes the dirt and she says, um, I feel like I can sort of let the Sphinx be what I'm not. And uh, it's nice. Hmm. It makes it easy. Sometimes it's useful to have a on-stage persona and then a private life. I do have to ask, the footprints that the Sphinx leaves behind, is that part of the illusion or a separate spell that you're doing to create the indentations in the dirt? I don't think you've seen actual yeah. Sphinx <laughs> footprints yeah. at any point, right? Is this just kind of like an assumption Rainer is making? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then yeah, I think she she looks a little confused and she lets you know, oh no, um, Gerizana doesn't leave footprints. She's merely an illusion. I suppose when you have such a magnificent creature, people aren't usually looking in the dirt behind them, huh? I suppose not. Well, I don't know if that's something in your wheelhouse, but maybe something to consider in the future. That if prestidigitation to create some foot imprints, it might make this place look a little less uh, unused. She kind of looks around at the ground suddenly confused, and she kind of giggles. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Something to look into. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, And Almara kind of clears her throat from the opening of the tent and says, are we going to see the baby dragon? Right. And says, <laughs> and falls in with a dagger in her back. Oh, God. <laughs> Help, I've been stabbed. Two clowns are running away. Oh, not again. <laughs> Two lions dressed up as clowns. Cartwheeling into God. the forest. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Just just like spokes on a wagon wheel. There is no pause. Their momentum is inexplicable. I have had this nightmare. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I will give Aika a little wink and then uh, follow Almara. Yeah, she leads you uh, over towards the monitor lizard's pen uh, as that guard returns with Fardane in tow. Um, and Fardane looks a little bit kind of nervous, um, you know, as, as he was last time you saw him. Uh, and as has been explained, he's just not an exceedingly brave man. Um, but he looks at all of you and his demeanor relaxes a little bit because he recognizes you all. Oh, hey, it's uh, it's it's my friends. Well, the baby dragon's friends. Any friend of the baby dragon is a friend of mine. Hello, Fardine. How are you today? Well, I'm okay, but I hear that there's some rough stuff going on today again, huh? Yeah, it's it's not great, but we were wondering if we could speak to Baby Dragon again, and he might be able to help us find some more clues. Uh, and Almara says, uh, yes, Fardane, they are going to be borrowing the Baby Dragon, and uh, I'm going to be sending you along with them just to make sure nothing happens and it returns home safe and sound. Um, and, you know, his posture shrinks a little bit. He seems kind of scared of that idea. Um, but he says, oh, okay, um, sure, I don't. He looks at all of you. I don't really, like, fight very much is that am i gonna need to do that or can i hang back no man if, if some sort of fight breaks out you just stand behind me okay he sighs says, oh, okay that makes me feel better but if all of us go down then yeah you might you might have to <laughs> he just roller coastering his emotions <laughs> he's right back on edge takes in a sharp breath oh okay um no darling in the very unlikely event that the four of us here lose our lives. You just take Baby Dragon and uh, fly on back to the carnival. Unless they do something that means you can't fly, in Quinn. which case you're going to really have to fight <laughs> just tooth and claw. 
He's he's like alternating between nodding and shaking his head and nodding and shaking his head and just like mopping sweat off his forehead. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll figure something out. Um, and uh, Almara goes over and uh, kind of crouches down in front of the monitor lizard's pen and it like walks over um, and she pulls like a little whatever monitor lizards eat out of her pocket. <laughs> Monitors. <laughs> Beef jerky stick. <laughs> she, uh, she gives it a treat um, and then uh, holds her hand out to Fardane who produces actually like a little lead uh, and she opens up the door of the pen and puts the lead on the monitor lizard and uh, kind of holds the end out to figure out which of you is like walking the lizard. Uh, I'm, I mean, I, I think I gesture towards Fardane. I think that that's his friend and he should be the one that's like leading him around. But I, I don't think about like leading this thing around. I go right around to its face and I like crouch down to, to look at it and I want to cast speak with animals. Okay. Um, yeah. Fardane takes, takes the lead off Almara's hands. Um, and the lizard is, looking at you um and you cast your spell and you can hear it say uh, hello hi baby dragon how's it going good okay i don't have a lot of time uh, i can talk to you right now and i can hear what you're saying but i'm not going to be able to for the rest of the day but we need your help okay uh and i reach out a hand towards quinn uh, can i get the hairs oh yeah and i hand him off uh so something really bad happened and it puts its tongue out and tries to eat the hairs oh no 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 <laughs> sorry 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 this isn't a treat it's evidence oh. um Something really bad happened, and we're trying to figure out who did it, and they could put the whole carnival in danger. Uh, so if you could smell this, we're trying to find where this hair came from. Can you can you get a scent off of this and maybe try and uh, like let me know if you've smelled it before or see if you can pick up a trail? I love this. Uh, we can also uh, let him sniff the, the clown costumes and the area around where the tracks are. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Idea. We'll take you over where we found everything to maybe it, it'll be a, a little bit of a stronger scent for you to pick up. Uh, it gets it gets just a big whiff of those hairs, um, and its, it's lizardy tongue comes out and starts kind of dancing all over the hairs and your hand. You get lizard spit nice. all over your hand. Just slick my hair back. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Uh, and you lead it over to where the costumes were, and it gets a, a big sniff of all that stuff, too. Um, and then it kind of tilts its head up, and you see its tongue, like, flicking at the air, uh, and it seems to decide on a direction. Um, how long does your Speak With Animals last? One minute. Ooh. Okay, then, yeah, probably the last thing you hear it say after it gets a big sniff and, like, licks at the air, you just hear it say, this way. I just imagine it, like, burying its face in the clown stuff and like popping out and just it's just got, it's got like the wig on pancake makeup and a clown nose somehow <laughs> and like you know looks up like eyes wide with clown makeup and just licks its eyeball <laughs> uh, and it starts heading and it starts heading towards the exit to the grounds uh fardane is just kind of trotting along behind it um and it leads you down and into town this is nice <laughs> just yeah. friends, aside, walking a dragon. Aside <laughs> all the murder, this is a nice day to walk a monitor lizard. Yeah. It's important to make sure that your giant reptile gets enough exercise. Baby dragon uh, leads you all clean through town, and you see a lot of confused onlookers uh, as as your party makes their way through town. Uh, in fact, some townsfolk seem to kind of get their hackles up again, uh, especially seeing Fardane, who is clearly a member of the circus and Clearly, everyone's still not super okay with them. Um, but Baby Dragon leads you all the way through and all the way down towards the docks. Um, but just before you get to the docks, he seems to stop in front of uh, a different shop that isn't actually on the docks. It is a store called Mistress Rebella's Curiosity Shop. And uh, like a like a 
pointer dog. The monitor lizard stops and indicates the door to the shop. Now he kind of like noses in the dirt at the at the base of the door. A lot cuter than that. Well, hey, all right. And then he rolls over on his back for belly rubs. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> he gets them. Is the is the shop open? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a, a sign on the front door. Yeah, I will uh, uh, open it up and, and peek inside. All right. Uh, yeah, you open the door. You hear the little bell tingle above the door. And you are looking at a little store full of uh, some shelves and display cases. Uh, looks like there's some just kind of knickknacks and art and like jewelry. There is a, a case in the middle of the room that has uh, bottles inside. Um, there's kind of a nice smell coming from in here of like perfumes or soaps maybe. Um, and then there is a counter on the opposite wall from the front door. Um, currently there's nobody visible in here, but there is a set of doors behind that counter that seem to lead into like a back room or something. Rainer, does this look like the kind of place that somebody might get the stuff that they need for alchemy? Yeah, I want to look around to see if any of the bottles seem like they have alchemical potions in them or if I see reagents around. Okay. Is everybody heading inside? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you head in. You all start uh, looking around. Are we bringing Fardane and the dragon? Are they staying outside? Great question. Just because the outside is hostile towards them. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd motion for them to follow us if they're comfortable. Okay. Okay. Uh, Fardane's not comfortable with anything, literally, period. (laughs) But he'll he'll do as you ask. Uh, The monitor lizard seems hype, though. Lots of new smells in here. Yeah. Uh, So you all head inside. Um, And again, this place is a little bit cramped. Um, There is a, a, a glass case on like the wall to the right that has what looks like soup bowls that are made of turtle shells. And uh, Celestine, I think you recognize some some gnomish cooking utensils in there. Um, but as you start to poke around, uh, a woman comes through the doors behind the counter. She looks like she's in maybe her late 40s, early 50s. Um, she's wearing sort of utilitarian clothes, uh, but with some kind of poofy sleeves, a leather vest that does have some colorful trim on it in like an emerald green uh and she has shoulder length black hair oop and she says uh hello can i help you find folks uh and then she looks down at the monitor lizard and then up its lead to the strange man wielding it and seems confused and a little concerned um man i i don't think i can help it if i see that color and length of hair i want to hold up the rolled up clown costume and say, hey, I think you dropped this. Everybody roll initiative. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> 15. 13. 18. 22. All right. Rainer, you are first in the order. So you can see as as Quinn holds these up and speaks his piece that her eyes narrow uh, and she starts to reach for a pouch on her belt. Um, but you have gotten the drop here. What do you want to do? Could I get a reflex save from her? Oh, goodness. Sure. 15? Okay, I'm good. Rainer looks back and sees Quinn hold those hairs up and kind of starts to pivot back and sees her reaction. Um, and he brushes his jacket aside, and there are a couple of little metal vials on his belt. And he pulls one up and drinks it, leans over the counter, and spits at her feet. And she has been hit with adhesive spittle. She is stuck in place. Um, For how long? uh, It lasts for two D4 rounds, um, but there is a a DC that she can try to break out of it. Okay. So five rounds. Jesus. Yeah, so it's a DC 17 strength check to get out or uh, dealing 15 points of damage to the goo itself. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just knife. Stab, 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 yeah. stab, stab. <laughs> Let me out of here, goo. Um, and then I will, I'm going to step away from the counter with my rest of my movement just away. <laughs> okay. I'll be careful. It seems like she's reaching for some kind of reagent. Uh, next in the order is Robella. She looks down uh, at this substance that is now gluing her to the floor and seems to shift her hand to grab something else out of this pouch. Um, but she pulls out a small vial and pulls the cork out and chugs it. And you see her form shift. Her feet become paws with long claws. Her mouth elongates to have pointed teeth within it. Uh, and I think it is immediately obvious to all of you, yeah, this about matches the tracks and the damage that we've seen on these people. <laughs> but she does remain stuck in place for the moment. Next in the order is Thomason. All right. At the site of this scary creature. I think it's a good time to do some inspire courage. So I would like to start doing a bardic performance. That means uh, all of you, except for Rabella, uh, get a plus one on your saving throws against charm or fear effects, a plus one to your damage rolls, and a plus one to your attack rolls. Okay. Uh, is there anything you can or want to do with your turn? I think I'm going to move a little bit so that Quinn has better, uh, like, can better get close to this woman. So just move a little out of the way. Okay. Celestine. Uh, I'm going to start climbing some of the like crates that were in the center of the room to get a little bit better of a vantage point here. Um, and while she's stuck back there, I'm going to cast minute meteors. Okay. Uh, what is that? How does that work? Are you making an attack roll or am I rolling a saving throw? It says, uh, at first level, you can summon a rain of tiny meteorites as a standard action to fall in a five-foot column 30 feet high with a range of 30 feet. The meteors inflict 1d4 points of fire damage plus one per two sorcerer levels. A reflex save negates this damage. The save DC is equal to 10 plus half your sorcerer level plus your charisma modifier. All right. So what is that save DC then? Uh, so all that added up, it's a DC 15. Okay. Are her reflex saves negatively affected by... So she has minus two to attack and minus four to dex. Minus four to dex, then, is going to reflect as a minus two to her reflex. Okay, uh, she gets a 21 on her reflex. Jesus. So what does that do? Does that negate this or have this? Negate it. Okay. Uh, then somehow, like Neo in the Matrix, <laughs> with her feet glued to the ground, she just kind of like jukes and bobs and weaves and dodges all these little meteorites as they come smashing into the ground around her. Truly inexplicable. I love this game. Quinn, you are up. I want to start moving towards her. I don't want to quite get in range of her being able to swipe, hoping that this, you know, st sticky ground or whatever holds her a little longer, but I want to get pretty close, and while I'm moving up, pulling out my scythe, I want to study the target. Okay. And that gets me a plus one to a bunch of stuff while dealing with her. Perfect. Uh, all right, we are back to the top of the order, which is Rainer. I want to take a moment to examine her to see, like, what has she turned into? Okay. Um, give me a knowledge arcana roll, I think. Hey. 23. Yeah, so her form is not, like, of a particular animal, as far as you can tell. Uh, from what you know, from what you can observe of her right now and what you know of your own experience with alchemy... It seems like she popped a feral mutagen, uh, which just sort of bestializes a person, but mm -hmm. doesn't turn them into anything in particular. Okay. Um, but what it does is it it 
makes them beastly. It gives them claw attacks and and a bite attack mechanic mechanically. Yeah, speaking. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I will uh, draw my crossbow. All right. Uh, we are back to Robella uh, with nobody in range to swat at yet. She's gonna lean down and start clawing at this shit that's holding her feet. Well, that makes sense. Um, and what does this have an AC or does she just do the damage to it? Uh, she just does the damage. It has to be with a slashing weapon, which I assume her claws are. Claws indeed would be a slashing weapon. I suppose a bite would not be though. Eh? Yeah. Um. Okay. Then she's not gonna comically bite at her feet. I was really looking forward to Good. the visual of her like <laughs> bending all the way down and biting at the goo around her feet, but she's not gonna do that. Mmm. Tasty acid. But she does reach down and slash with both of her claws. Um, and she takes a pretty good chunk out of this this spittle. Uh, she does not quite break loose, but she she does some real damage. Uh, and she also yells out uh, in sort of a strange voice through this now kind of bestial mouth. Honey, I could use some help in here. <laughs> and we jump ahead to Tom. All right. So first of all, I stop singing, but... The song that I was singing seems to still reverberate around this shop. So the effects from Inspire Courage are going to last for this round and another, and another one without me having to redo it. Uh, there is a door next to Rabella, right? That seems like it leads to like a back room. Yes, she is. She is between the counter and this door right now. Yeah, I'm going to cast Grease right in front of that door. Okay. Uh, and what exactly does grease do? A grease spell covers a solid surface with a layer of slippery grease. Uh, it is a 10-foot square around the door. Uh, any creature in that area when the spell is cast must make a successful reflex save or fall. And you can walk within or through the area of grease at half normal speed with a DC 10 acrobatics check. While you're moving through it, you are flat-footed, though. And if you fail the check, then you have to make a save to fall. Okay. I'm not sure exactly how it should resolve with her feet being glued to the floor, but grease being cast underneath her. I was curious about that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, don't <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say she can't fall down right now because her feet literally can't move. I wasn't trying to get her. I was just trying to preemptively get that door before honey yeah. comes in. Fair. Um. So I think for the moment, like the grease lands, she is still on her feet because she doesn't have any choice but to be on her feet. And once she gets through this shit or it fades away, then she'll be in trouble because she'll be standing on grease already. Oh, good. And that's it for me. Next up is Celestine. Uh, okay. So this little meteorite shower didn't work. Uh, and I think what this looks like when I cast spells is I kind of have my hand out in this like black, it's almost like a cloudy void that just kind of appears around my hand. But if you like look inside of it, you can see like very small, like twinkling stars. Uh, and all these meteorites don't work. And so I say, okay, <laughs> fire didn't work. Let's try ice. And I'm going to cast snowball. Uh, be like, okay, meteorite, maybe a comet will do the trick. Okay, nice. Uh, how does that one work? Is that a attack roll? It's a ranged touch attack. All right. Uh, so roll your ranged attack, and it will be against her touch AC. And you get a plus one, because I'm so inspiring. 21. Yes, that very much hit. Okay, and since I'm second level, that'll be 2d6 cold damage. Four. Oh, you also get a plus one to your damage rolls as well. Ooh, five. All right, Rabella takes a snowball to the face, uh, and it rocks her a little bit, uh, and she, she snarls with her spooky pointy teeth. Next up is Quinn. I'm... Stepping in to take a swing with my scythe. All right. Make a melee attack roll. 13. 
Did you add my plus one? I did. And Damn. my plus one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you take a swing and with her feet glued to the ground, she can do some real matrix shit. So again, she kind of like like leans to the side and then bobs and weaves underneath the swing of your scythe and comes back up and like you know, throws like a couple real quick jab crosses like Muhammad Ali. She's dancing like one of those uh, wacky waving inflatable arm flailing. I was even thinking of the uh, the toy in the Halloween episode yep. where you push the you bottom, push the and bottom, it... and they fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was also thinking the inflatable guys in front of car dealerships. Yeah. Uh, I also realized that I forgot to roll initiative for Fardane, but he comes in last in this order. Um, that makes sense. But he and uh, the monitor lizard, he has kind of backed them into the farthest corner from her, um, and he says, "What do I do? Can I run?" Just stay clear. I wouldn't advise walking the lizard back through town. You saw how aggressive some of them looked at you. Okay. Uh, he kind of like shrinks down in the corner, like sitting on his butt and scoops baby dragon up in his lap and is just kind of cowering back there. Be ready to fight tooth and claw. No. <laughs> you are committing psychological <laughs> warfare against this poor man. I will point out that in the event that Fardane or Baby Dragon decide to fight with us, they would also be affected by the Inspire Courage. <laughs> uh, we are back to Rainer. Uh, I think I am I'm going to draw another uh, vial from my belt and just watch the door and wait. Um, and I want to throw something at the door when someone comes in. Okay. So you are readying an action. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rebella takes another couple slashes at the goop around her feet, uh, and she manages to break the rest of the way through it. Um, and she turns to open that door. Uh, and what is the save to not fall in the grease? <laughs> uh, that would be a reflex save. It's going to be a DC 14. It's not very high. Uh, all right, she passes the reflex save. She she slides a little bit, but she manages to stay on her feet uh, as she yanks that door open. Okay, but um, now she can only move through it at half speed with a DC 10 acrobatics check. And she can't move through it at all because opening it was the remainder of her move action for this turn. Okay. So for now, she is standing door open, poised on the grease, ready to move through it. Um, and you can see that beyond this door uh, is a much kind of dingier looking back room. Um, that seems to be a lot more like stone and dirt than kind of the nicer wood facade out here. Tom. Man, I I I want to attack her, but she technically hasn't really done anything to us yet. So if I if I hit her now, I feel like an asshole. She has committed at least two murders. That's... That you are all quite confident of. Yeah. Uh, that's well, true. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. that's fair to say. Okay. I was gonna say at the very least, she was at the scene yeah. and disrespected the scene <laughs> at the very okay. least an accomplice to two murders okay okay i feel less bad uh yeah i'm gonna draw my rapier uh and is there a way that i can uh try to make an attack against her where i am not standing on the grease that was gonna be my next can question. i hop <laughs> no. up onto the counter yeah i i have to imagine that the grease is contained behind the counter if you cast it on like on her yeah um so yes i think Reaching a, you could reach across the counter, or you could get up on the counter, and either way, you'll you'll be able to hit her. Well, hopping up onto the counter sounds so much more exciting, so I'm going to do that. Okay, um, give me a, an acrobatics check as part of your movement here. Relatively low DC. Twenty five. Oh yeah, handily. You do a, <laughs> you do a gainer up on the counter. <laughs> uh, and then I just make a weapon attack. Yep, make okay. a melee attack. 
Uh, that's a 21, but I rolled a 19 on the die, which means I crit, I think, with a rapier. I crit on an 18 to 20. Yes, so that would make it a critical threat. Um, so in Pathfinder, you roll again to confirm criticals. Um, so give me an- another melee attack roll, like with your full bonus, exactly what you just rolled. If it is still above her AC, it is a crit. If it the next one is below her AC, it's just a standard hit. Gotcha, okay. I wonder why people think this game is so complicated. Right? Jesus. <laughs> um, that was an 18 on the die. Yes, this will be a critical hit. Um, so roll your damage die twice, um, and any of your static bonuses get doubled as well. Oh. So I'm I'm pretty sure this is just outright double your damage. So what what's your normal damage? A D6 plus what? Uh this would be uh 1D6 plus two, including my inspire uh courage. Okay, so then this will be 2d6 plus 4. Nice. Ooh, uh, that's a 5 on the die. Uh, so, so in this, uh, I know some people just roll once and double it, Do you, or do you want two die rolls? I usually prefer rolling the die twice. Sure. Uh, well, the second one was a 6. Uh, so You're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's 15 points of damage. All right, she looks rough. Uh, she, is, she is pretty sufficiently bloodied here. Celestine. Uh, I think I'm going to go to the front door and open it, and I'm going to cast Ghost Sound. Okay. I want to create a sound that sounds like people shouting so that maybe somebody will hear it and like alert some guards or like get somebody that has some credibility to find out what's going on here. Okay. All right. Yeah, you you do that. Really, really putting this ball in my court. Really, kind of giving me free reign to do what I want with that. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, let's let's mechanize this somehow. Yeah. So I, I mean, I can create a sound that it's not anything specific, but just sounds like it can be like up to eight people shouting something at each other. Um, but anyone who hears the ghost sound receives a will save to disbelieve. All right. Let's roll a will save for some random townsfolk. It's extremely good. (laughs) Guys, I'm so bad at games. (laughs) The the random townsfolk rolled a 19 on the die. Um, But there's no ghosts here. But (laughs) they still like, ah, people shouting. They still hear the sound. They just don't believe that it's real. And that itself may be enough cause for alarm. So that's weird. Well, I hear some staged shouting coming from. The cabinet of oddities. I this hear something. Merits investigation. I hear something, but I, I don't think no, it's real. No, I don't. I don't think it's legit. But no, I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what becomes of that. Uh, Quinn, I'm gonna take another swing at her. Okay. God, it's bad. Okay. Eleven. Yep. Another another unfortunate miss. Um, I think you like swing the scythe, and it just kind of catches one of her poofy sleeves and tears it a little bit, but does no material damage to her. That's right. Hell with your fashion. Fardane continues to cower in the corner. Good man. And we are back around to Raider. Well, I was waiting for uh, for dear old husband to come in the door, uh, but I suppose I'll just fire my crossbow at this woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eight. Oh. Okay. Uh, that does not hit. <laughs> you uh, You fire your crossbow bolt and it, thunks into the door frame next to her uh, and she recoils a little bit from that. And I think like when she re- has that reaction, I'm going to say uh, oh, what exactly is your end game here? If any of us leave here alive, well, you're done for. Uh, I think there is kind of a moment of hesitation. You see her kind of like turn her head 
as she listens to you over her shoulder, but she does not acknowledge you. Mm. Uh, she does not respond. Rude. Yes. You killed she, a priest. Yeah, not the rudest thing she's done today. <laughs> she's like, I was going to run away, but you're right. I have to kill, I have all, to of kill you. all of you. <laughs> I've got a taste for murder. Thank you. What a fabulous point. She hits a button and you hear a countdown start. Um, no, we are back to her turn. Uh, she tries to make her way through this door. And now what's the reflex to move through the grease? It's or, uh, it's acrobatics? A, yeah, DC 10 acrobatics. Extraordinary. Yeah, she eats shit. <laughs> she takes one step and just falls prone. Uh, you hear the wind kind of get knocked out of her a little bit. Uh, and she chokes out another, honey! <laughs> uh, and Quinn and Tom, uh, I think you can hear sort of an echoing footsteps coming from somewhere deeper in that back room than you would have expected that back room to go. Tom, it is your turn. Uh, I'm going to swing at her again. Do I get okay. any bonuses from her being prone on the floor? Uh, you don't get bonuses, but she gets penalties. Oh, I don't swing at her again. That's a lie. I pick up my Inspire uh, Courage again. Uh, I start doing that because that's... Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Fair enough. How how merciful of you. I know. Celestine. Uh, I'm going to complete this nice little triangle here then and <laughs> turn back from the door and cast Jolt. Okay. So we did fire, ice, and now we're going to hit her with some electric. Grease lightning. <laughs> Woo. Go, go, uh, go, 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 go. Uh, all right. What is this? Is this an attack roll again? This is another ranged touch attack. Okay. Um, I don't think you're, I don't think you are able to see her. She has fallen prone behind a oh. counter on the opposite side of the store from you. <laughs> and you're a gnome. Uh, yeah. And, and you are probably no taller than this counter. Can I climb back up on the stack of crates that I was on before? Can I happen to see her over the counter from there? Yeah. Fair. Give me a, give me a climb check real quick. <laughs> oh no. As a gnome? Not a, not a hard climb check, but you're under pressure. Uh. Cool. So that's a negative one to that, and hey, me too. four. <laughs> four. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pull the crates down on top of you. Yeah. Uh, not quite so devastating because it's not a critical fail. Um, but yeah, I think you go to scamper back onto these crates, um, and you've just you've kind of been too back and forth here. Uh, you lose your footing a little bit. You kind of slip trying to get up the crates, and you don't quite make it, uh, and thus do not have a line of sight still on this turn. Quinn. Yeah, I think I just hold the scythe like I'm holding it over the counter. You know, she's on the ground. I'm just holding it above her and yelling, you're bleeding out the ears, girl. Stop moving right now or in approximately six seconds, I will end you. <laughs> uh, make an intimidation check. Okay. 23. Okay. Uh, hard, hard to read exactly how she responds to that. She is already prone on the ground. Um, but she doesn't seem to be making any sudden moves. Okay. And we are back to Rainer. I think you probably also do not currently have line of sight on her. Yeah, you were yeah. kind of hanging back with a crossbow, so you'd have to scoot up a little bit to see her over the counter. Do I see anything coming from the extraordinarily long room? Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Is this like Monty Python where we're just running and then looping and then running? Give me, give me a perception check uh, to really iron out the details of this room. Okay. 29. Um, so from where you are, you know, again, when the store opened, you could see just kind of a dingy back room. It does not look extraordinarily long by any means. It looks small. It looks like a little storage room. Um, I think that from what you can hear and what you can see, uh, you intuit that there must be 
a concealed passage here that leads somewhere else. And, you know, I think from your angle, you can't really see like all sides of this. You can see like the back wall that does just appear to be like a, a dirt wall, mm. like a dirt and a little bit of stone wall. Um, and you can see that there is some stuff on the floor in here, uh, including some kind of large crates. Um, so there is a passage either concealed on one of the sidewalls that you cannot see mm-hmm. or underneath something on the ground. Okay. I see his shadow to the side of the door and he's just fake running to make the noise, but not going anywhere. <laughs> he's he's hoping he's making intimidate check after intimidate check, just trying to scare you all out of here, but it's not working. Uh yeah, I will uh I will just reload my crossbow and and point it at the door and wait. Okay. Uh next up is Robella. Robella seems sufficiently startled by what Quinn has said, uh, and kind of stays laying on the ground. Uh and then several of you who can see into this room, see one of the wooden crates seem to swing up as if on a hinge and someone kind of pokes their head and shoulders up and reaches immediately for her hands as she lays sprawled on the ground. And you can all see the beautiful visage of Borvius Moncello. No! Borvius. Borvius, you've done it again. I would have followed you into hell, man. I knew his name was too good. He had to be a villain. (laughs) Uh, He gets a hand on her hand, but mechanically it doesn't seem like he's got time to pull her back in this turn. Can I shoot him? Yes. Okay. You had a a readied action. 15. Does not quite hit. You you bury a, a bolt again, this time into the wooden crate that has swung up. Um, and you know his eyes dart in your direction, uh, and there is a look of recognition and just an "oh fuck me." That one was a warning shot. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, don't make me. Ooh, I'll do it. Is Borvius in the area of Greece? No. Okay. Borvius is outside of the area of Greece. Okay. Uh, the grease sort of spilled in the like five feet behind the counter and then like the five feet just past the door. Yeah. Um, where she is kind of sprawled now. So he is like one square safely outside of the grease. Cool. And Tom, it is your turn. Uh, all right. Well, Borvius is not in melee range of me, right? Correct. Yeah, my acrobatics is pretty good. Uh, I'm going to uh, like hop off of the counter and uh, walk towards him and try to get him with my rapier. Okay. Tom, as you start to make your leap to get across the grease towards Borvius, uh, Rabella sees you start to move, and she uses her held action to smash something in her pouch, and there is a small explosion of fire, and all of the grease and Robella go up in flames. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. After all this time... What time is it again? I feel like the clock stopped. Time was a tennis ball we could bat round the court. Time for distraction too. Time to just sink to the bottom. Time to get to the meat of this meat. Time for Greater Boston Season 4. That's right, on September 13th, Greater Boston returns with new full-length episodes released every other Tuesday. And we're so excited for you to hear it. But also, it's been three years since our last season wrapped, so... We're maybe a little worried that people might have forgotten about us. So we're asking for you to help spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers and classmates, tell your cat, tell your local subway busker. But politely and without interrupting their performance, point is, now is a good time to share your love for Greater Boston on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram and TikTok and wherever else you, you know, post things. Then come back on September 13th when Greater Boston Season 4 officially begins.